0: On today's episode of the Gripe Session, we are bringing you our very first guest. That's right, our first guest, and it's none other than the doctor, Dwight Gooden from the 1986 World Champion New York Mets.
1: It's Gripe Session time with your host George Wanica.
0: It's about nothing. Discussing
1: everything from real estate, current events, a little bit of everything and the annoying little things that just tick you off you can't handle the truth
0: but What? What? Oh you didn't
1: know here's your host george monica call somebody
0: what's up everybody how are we doing today Welcome to this edition of the Gripe Session. I am your host, as always, George Wanaka. I am a realtor in Staten Island, New York, with Wanaka Realtors and Appraisers. I am the owner and curator of the Search Staten Island website, as well as the Facebook Live video Gripe Session. I also have my own YouTube channel, as well as Instagram channels, but you'll, we'll get to that later. Let's get to the reason that most of you listening today, because it sure as heck isn't about me. It's about my guest today. It's about the Dr. Dwight Gooden from the 86 New York Mets. Uh, I was able to have a nice conversation with Doc at New York Mets Fantasy Camp, which was a wonderful experience for myself. Um, It was just tremendous to sit down with somebody that was a boyhood idol um, it was the fir- very first, as you'll hear me say in the interview, the very first poster I put on my wall was of Doc Gooden pitching. So uh, I'm very pleased to bring you this as my first guest on the Gripe Session. I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, here we go. All right, people. So. Um, I told a lot of you guys that listen to me and follow me on Facebook that I was coming down to Mets Fantasy Camp, and one of the thrills for me is that I actually get to sit down and have a conversation today with a guy that I actually had on my wall as a kid with my poster, and I was telling him a story um, a little while ago, and uh, it's really cool to have uh, Doc Gooden as the first guest of the Gripe Session podcast. So. Doc, welcome, pal. Appreciate. Good to be here. You're a good man. Thanks, man. Nice uh, to meet you. Hope my, you're having a
1: good time down here this week. It's been absolutely. A pleasure working with you.
0: Oh, uh, it's absolutely. It's it's been nothing but my pleasure. This has been really a really cool experience, and I'm uh, um, I, I just I'm speechless, which for me is actually saying a lot. So um, it's uh, it's been really cool. So um, just kind of wanted to to talk to you a little bit today about you know. Um, about your career and, and you, know, um, you know, trials and tribulations that you went through and, and kind of just give some people some ideas of, uh, you know, where you came from, um, how you came up through the league, and uh, kind of go from there.
1: All right, yeah, I, um, I'm originally from Tampa, Florida. That's right up the street from where we have the uh, fantasy camp in Port St. Lucie. Um, I was drafted out of high school in 1982. I signed a letter of intent to go to the University of Miami. Um, I thought I was going to be drafted between the 10th and 20th round. That's what my high school coach told me, but um, the Mets ended up taking me the first round, fifth pick overall. So uh, we worked it out, and I ended up signing. I uh, played my first year in rookie ball in Kingsport, Tennessee. Uh, that's like a half season. I uh, did okay there, nothing special. My next year, I went to A ball, which was Lynchburg, Virginia. Pitched well, um, 19 and four, had 300 strikeouts. Went to Triple A for the uh, playoffs and World Series. We won the we won the World Series there, and David Johnson was the manager. He told me wherever he managed the following year, he's going to take me with him. So he got the big league job, George Member to resign. Davey got the job. I got invited to spring and as a non roster player. Uh, made the team in 1984. Obviously, you know, won Rookie of the Year. Uh, 85 won Cy Young. 86 won the World Series Championship. And I thought, this is the way to go. Unfortunately, I had problems with um, drug abuse. I got introduced to cocaine in 1985 in the off-season. Then try, looked at it, but I did start smoking pot and drinking. 1986 through off season is really when I got addicted to cocaine. Um, spring training '87, I tested positive. I had to go into my first rehab, and it's been a battle ever since until the last seven years. I've been clean and sober by the grace of God. Where um, I actually just reaching out for help and hanging around guys that are in recovery and just changing my whole lifestyle. Uh, the places I used to hang out, the people I used to be with, uh, everything had to change. I couldn't change just some things; I had to change everything. And today, life is great. Um, enjoying, you know, giving back And coming here to Fantasy Camp We enjoy it just as so much as you guys Because you guys gave me so much energy Pitching at Shea Stadium And this is like my way of saying Let me give my energy back to you guys By hanging out And,
0: wow.
1: you know, today life is great I have seven kids um, Five grandkids And my 14-year-old son five, Well, my five older kids are all grown now and The two young ones are eight and 14 But my 14-year-old son um, He likes football, baseball, and basketball unfortunately baseball is his third favorite sport
0: okay (laughs) football
1: is his love so um he'll be in high school next year so he lives in maryland with my ex-wife and i'm going down next week with him to a couple of high school visits they're recruiting him heavy i try to get that figured out and so um most of my time now is spent with my grandkids my younger kids because when i was playing baseball or struggling with my drug addiction i miss a lot of my kids school activities a lot of sports so i try to be there for my younger kids now as well as my grandkids
0: Wow, that's terrific. And, man, let me tell you, it's been, you know, not only has been being here, has been, like, tremendous for me as a, as a Mets player, and, and obviously I watched you growing up and stuff like that, but the fact that you're so open and willing to talk about the other things that have obviously gone on during the course of your career, I think it's, is an inspiration for, for the younger guys to, to come up and, and say, hey, you know what, um, you know, you can fall down, but you can get back up again. And I think that that's always a, is always a positive thing from a role model perspective. So I give you a lot of credit for that. So um, I, you know, I really appreciate that. So um, obviously, you know, one of the things that I do a lot of is nowadays I volunteer and I and I coach basketball and I, and I also coach baseball as well. Um, for for some of the young guys that or kids on my on my team or just kids in general or even parents. What what kind of recommendations would you give to the younger kids nowadays, you know, coming up and looking up to the role models and things of that nature that uh, maybe you got as a, as a kid, as the youngster coming up, or somebody that's gone through the process, what would you kind of, what, what would be your advice be to them? I think my main thing would
1: be, uh, first for kids, make sure they're playing a sport that they like to play, and the parents not living their dreams through the kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, as long as the kids, number one, is having fun, um, letting them be a kid first, and I always tell, like what I tell my kids, I think what separates the good kids that plays well and the great ones, when you don't have practice or you don't have a game and you're out there working on whatever your weakness is or whatever your strength is to get better a group of guys and um, just having fun. And if it's baseball, if you go to the game and watch it on TV, enjoy the team, root for it, but watch the way they play the game and the way they set up and be the best player that you could be and cheer your teammates on because baseball is a sport where – You build friendships that last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's great, but the main thing is work hard. You don't want to cheat yourself. And what I mean by that, you when you're at practice or you're playing games, play as hard as you can because you don't want to cheat yourself. You don't want to cheat your teammates. And your parents are taking the time out to get you on teams. And even the coaches are volunteering their time. Give Give it your best. And some days we fall short. But you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. And as long as you look in the mirror and say, I gave it the best I can, that's mm-hmm. all you can do and cheer your teammates on help those guys out just yeah. run a little bit pat them on the butt and let them know that you're all in this together
0: that's yeah. You know, that's one of the things that i actually preach to a lot of the teams that i do is that, listen baseball is a funny game i you know we just lost and everyone was like we th- they figured we were going <coughs> to be in the championship but the ball runs it runs a different way that's right you know good sportsmanship is is always positive and listen i have a friend of mine now that's going to be in a championship i'm not going to be there am i upset yeah i missed it yeah i am but at the end of the day you know what? A friend of mine is going to get there. It's just okay. now. It's you know make you appreciate it a little bit more and uh, and kind of go from there. So, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. but um, so as a as a obviously as a, as a diehard Met fan, your favorite. What's your favorite memory from the '86 year? I think my favorite. It's probably a lot, but I'm
1: trying to try to put it down to enough. one at least. Yeah, put it down to one. Um, top of my head, I'll say my favorite memory, obviously, win the World Series, but even. Pitching a, a clincher to get to the road series. I remember playing the Chicago Cubs. And um, it was at Shea Stadium. And I got the—I pitched the whole game. I got the last out. I was a ground ball to second baseman. And I remember when an out was made, we were running, jumping on out and All the fans just crowded the field. Ground it was jumping? fun and scary at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it's so always people running out. You know, you see it on TV, but you never actually... Take part of
0: that.
1: Okay. I would say that was probably my finest memory in '86. In '86. Yes. That's awesome. What, besides, the besides the World service. Besides the yes. World service,
0: I got that. I got that. So one of the things that we've starting to do with the gripe session is what we're going to ask people to do is, so again, griping. Right now, I have really nothing to gripe about, quite oh, frankly, because no. I'm here. I'm here all week, and I've been having a, a, an amazing time. But That's great. No. What, what I am asking a lot of my guests is like, if what's the one thing that really just Ticks you off That when people do it You're like What the heck Is wrong with you Like it just makes you Sit back and go Damn like What's the problem In general In general Probably I would
1: say When people Are complaining all the time Like I, I have like okay. I remember I have friends I guess griping I guess griping Gripen, about really nothing You know They just wake up And it's in a terrible mood there's negative all the time yeah. I, my, my theory was like um, Growing up I was always taught it doesn't matter if you're homeless or you're the president. We're all brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And put a smile on a stranger's face. That's my philosophy. And But you have some people, like I say, even family. Every day is something negative. It's something they're going to justify about it. Somebody's fault. I mean, and you think about it, we're blessed. We're very lucky, you know, to be healthy. We wake up in the morning. And we're very blessed to do that. I mean, you have, sometimes I go do a lot of charity work. I go mean, to children in hospitals, and you see these poor kids, four or five years old, and they're hooked up to these machines and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, they have the right to gripe. We have nothing to gripe about. I mean, True. and the little things, I mean, we gripe about, and that's the thing that bothers me the most, people griping about really nothing. It's so small, and you're about it, and then they carry it on, carry on grudges. I mean, why? You don't know if that person's going to wake up tomorrow or not, and if they don't, you got to carry it with you for the rest of your life. So, I mean, if you have having a problem with somebody, or a family member, or a friend... Talk about it. Don't don't take that to bear with you mean, because you don't know if that person gonna be there the next day or you gonna be there. There's probably nothing that you're grasping about anyway. If you really think about it.
0: True. True. I always tell one of the things is uh, Gary V uh, talks about. I'm a big Gary V watcher. I don't know if you if you ever heard of him, but one of the things he says is if you think of what the odds are that we're sitting right here, that we were even born today, because look. Uh, Mom or Dad could have made a different decision that day. That's right. You know, yep. Dad could have said, "Oh, as opposed to going upstairs with Mom, I'm going to go out and hang out or go do something different." That's right. So you know, there's like four billion or something to one, mm-hmm. and I'm even sitting here in the first place. You're sitting here in the first place. That's right. So if you start thinking about it, they're like, what do I got to complain about? That's right. I so
1: like, I never heard it that way. I love that. I'm gonna have to use yeah, that.
0: Yeah. So that's it's your, it's your, it's a really good right. thing he came out with that. I'm like, wow, you really start thinking about it. I was like, yeah. all right, once one of this is, I could be somebody oh. totally different. That's right. So. Um, But anyway, so, you know, I don't want to keep this going longer. I know you have – I have another game to play. I know you have, obviously, some coaching to do. So I just want to thank you for uh, sitting down with us for a couple minutes today, appearing on the gripe session. And I appreciate you, and I appreciate your career. Like I said, you're a big part of my childhood. Had the Doc Gooden poster on the wall for the longest time. And, uh, you know, definitely one of my favorite players growing up as a kid, as a Met, so I really appreciate
1: it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, and good luck with your show. I think you will be great. Thanks. You're a good man, and uh, my pleasure to meet you down here as well.
0: My pleasure. All right, guys. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor. Uh, I'd like to thank him again uh, for being willing to sit down with me and, and, quite frankly, not only have a conversation about his playing days, but... Also to have a conversation about the trials and tribulations that he went through and and what it took for him to, uh, you know, change the way his life was going at the time. Obviously, he spoke, you know, in in reference to his his drug addiction and uh, some of the people he used to hang out with. But uh, I'm glad to say Doc is on, uh, looks to be on the straight and narrow. He's looking to get his life back together and I've got nothing but love for him. Um, I wish him all the best in the world. Uh, and uh, he's a true Epitome of somebody looking to get their Life back in order and you can Have nothing but respect for a guy like that And uh, and not only that guy like that But a guy that's willing to put it out There and talk to people about it uh, So uh, doc I, I love you for, for doing The podcast I wish you nothing but the Best it was great spending time with you Last week and uh, hopefully I'll get to See you again very very soon and uh, Again nothing but love and success uh, For you in the future
1: Thanks for listening to The Gripe Session. Please follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.